Hello, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. My name is Casey Ruff from Boundless Body LLC, and I am the host of Boundless Body Radio. Before October of 2020, I was not a podcaster. Now, I have recorded hundreds of episodes featuring incredible guests, created tons of helpful content, and have consistently generated thousands of downloads every month since I began. I'm just a regular dude trying to share a message, and now I'm ready to show you my process, my successes and failures, and everything I've learned along the way to help you start your own podcast. Together, we'll explore the entire process of having a podcasting idea and take it all the way to publishing your first episode and explore all the steps in between. Then, I'll give you all the tools that you will need so you can record as many episodes that you want to release after that. Podcasting is one of the most enriching skills I've ever added to my life, and I've learned a ton by talking with some of my heroes and sharing it with anyone who wants to join us on our journey. So, sit back, grab a notebook, take some notes, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Hello, hello. This is Casey Ruff, and welcome to episode 24 of season two. Today, we are speaking with Maggie Stewart. Maggie is an ACE certified personal trainer and primal health coach who lives in rural New Hampshire and vacations on Maui, where she is lucky enough to have family. That is very lucky. (laughs) She is the host of the Off of the Couch podcast, which is aimed at helping beginners to exercise and helps listeners to get started creating a fit future by taking small steps into fitness. And I was recently hosted on the Off the Couch podcast, had a great time with Maggie. It was a really fun conversation. So Maggie Stewart, welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Thank you so much, Casey. And I really enjoyed interviewing Will, you as well. I had a really great time on your show. You are in New Hampshire and you get to spend time in Maui. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, my sister moved there about 20 years ago. And uh, it took me a while to realize that I could fly there and uh, have a free place to stay. And uh, now I go pretty much every year. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Okay, so I've been to Maui twice, both of them when I was a teenager. So I didn't really truly appreciate either one. The first time I went was our family vacation. It was a week after 9-11. So you can imagine the plane was like halfway full. Uh, There were metal detectors everywhere. Like everything had changed. It was very a strange feeling. And I remember the next trip we went with our family. Um, This is like right at the time that uh, MS Messenger, I want to say, was like, kind of on the come up and like it was more oh, popular yeah. to like you know message people on the internet and I missed all my friends from college and so I spent way too much time in the hotel lobby like messaging people <laughs> on MS Messenger really didn't appreciate Maui as much as I should have and I haven't been back since so I need to I need to go back <laughs> yeah oh that's awesome yeah you know <laughs> I'll definitely need to make it there. And as we talked about on your show I need to make it up to New Hampshire in the fall. It sounds like it's absolutely wonderful with all the fall colors. It is really spectacular up here at that time. Yeah. It's nice in the summer. Um, but fall is really just so beautiful. Oh, that's great. I think it's a lot more humid where you are. We're here in Salt Lake city. It's why we get such dry and fluffy snow. So everybody loves to come to Utah to ski because it's just pure powder, completely light. But the people that come from back East that ski around where you are, think we're all just pansies over here because you guys are skiing on like just sheer ice and can like really truly (laughs) ski or a little bit softer over here. Yeah, I'm kind of a, a intermediate skier and um 
And yeah, the ice is, is nasty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if you can ski there, you would love to ski over here. It's a lot easier. I think that's great. Sounds uh, good. So for somebody who's listening and maybe is interested in podcasting, but isn't as, as tuned in as much to the health world, can you explain what a primal health coach is? Yeah, uh, the primal health coach uses more ancestral principles um, when coaching their clients. Like, you know, there are a lot of uh, health coach offerings through fitness certifications like ACE, and um, they were pretty standard fare with uh, what we talked about when we chatted a couple weeks ago was, you know, weeding out the fat in your diet and um looking at calorie, calorie and calorie out the primal health coach takes an ancestral perspective in that, um, you know, we, we grew, we, um, humans were hunter gatherers for a very long time. You know, they didn't have little hunter packs, calorie packs of Oreos and they ate, you know, meat and, um, they had periods where they didn't have as much food, so they might not have had three meals and three snacks every day. Um, it just looks at more of a historical perspective on what humans evolved eating. Yeah, that's so interesting. I think a lot of people don't realize those things. We're so used to, you know, having our snacks. We're used to hearing that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. We're used to, you know, thinking that we need to eat every two to three hours and doing a lot of meal prep. But when we really truly think about, you know, how we evolved, sometimes it, it, it's hard to fathom how long we evolved as humans. And so if you put it on kind of a more reasonable time scale, it's like if, if our human evolution was like a week, we have been, you know, doing things like agriculture for maybe the the last few hours and we have been eating more processed foods maybe in the last few minutes of that it's very new that we would go to the store and buy you know even things like fruits and vegetables all year round those things were very seasonal let alone the things that you know we're eating a ton of which come in boxes and cans and bags but it's it's kind of become normalized now hasn't it yeah and that's what i found that the um the the ACE certification and the other health coach um, through fitness organizations were using those processed foods. And uh, I, I just resonated with the program for some reason. And um, normally I'm pretty thrifty and I, you know, uh, trying to save money and how can I, you know, do this less expensively. I think you'll find that out when I tell you how I do my podcast, but um, but for some reason, I resonated with the, the uh, Primal Health Coach um, curriculum and I did the, you know, the discovery call and I really liked the person I spoke with and resonated with her story. And then, you know, we had, uh, I was telling you about the weather we had this week, we had this really oddball uh, weather, uh, same thing, like uh huge storm, big power outage. Uh, for some reason, it just shook me up. And I think I was able to tune into the fact that I really wanted to do this program. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not how I usually make my decisions, but it was just a real oddball event. And I just kind of looked at my life from a bigger perspective, like, well, you know, what are you doing? What do you want to do? And uh, sometimes you need those little shakeups in your life. And I signed up. 
Yeah. So. Wow. Good for you. That's awesome. No, it's great. You mentioned the cost of food. I think a lot of people assume that when you're eating a healthy diet, you're going to be spending a lot more money or you're going to be spending a lot more time in the kitchen. And I recently added up a typical day for me and the things that I eat and how much time it took me to prepare and how much cost was associated with that. And it was really less than $20 and it was less than about an hour worrying about my food for the day. So if, if you're out there and thinking like getting into health and fitness and, and eating healthier is going to be, you know, cost prohibitive. That is absolutely not the case. I spend far less time now, you know, worrying about my food and I spend far less money than I used to. Yeah. And if you look at food quality um, and you buy a lot of one ingredient foods, you know, you're not buying that. The packaged stuff really has very little food quality in the whole package most of the time. You know, like when everybody was eating the the cereal that supposedly lowered their cholesterol, you know, you get a really big box for what, four or five dollars and how much actual nutritional value is in there you know there's four different kinds of sugar and some grains um it's really pretty cheap ingredients yeah, that's right. With with no nutrition, like you said. But then if you turn around the box and look at the suggested serving size on something like cold cereal, the, the serving size is a quantity of cereal that has never been eaten by any human ever. <laughs> like it, no question. Like you a can third eat, of a cup. Oh, or yeah. Like yeah. half a cup, a third of a cup. Like who eats cereal in a third of a cup? I, I would tear down like two boxes and never be full eating that stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and then you find yourself starving about an hour and a half later, too, that's right. yeah. when your blood sugar drops. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So how did you first get interested in fitness? Well, that is a pretty long story. As you know, I'm in my like mid-60s. So uh, way back in the day, uh, when I got out of college, I went to college for forestry. And um, I think I'm pretty lucky because I know some women that are uh, probably just three or four years older than me that say they wanted to do that, but they were told they could just be the secretary. So this was, uh, you know, I uh, in the late 70s, I switched my major to forestry. And uh, when I graduated, I took a seasonal job with the Sequoia National Forest and went west. Um, and I, being a... Uh, a woman in a agency that was predominantly men. There were other women too, but um, I didn't want to make a fool of myself. I knew I didn't have to necessarily keep up with the guys, but I didn't want to, you know, be the weakling that held everybody back either. So I started going to the gym and, uh, and it, it did happen that a Nautilus gym had opened in, in the college town where I lived in Pennsylvania and so I got an introduction to it then. And then when I um, moved to California, I was in a pretty rural area. So there was no gym, but we we ran and we did uh, PT a little bit. And uh, and actually, my friends and I would get together and do stuff like the Jane Fonda <laughs> workout that was on. I think, uh, I think we had a record or gazette at that time. So, you know, fitness was just a value that we knew that we didn't want to look like fools uh around the guys and and then it was a seasonal job so I had I went to grad school in the winter and I wanted to stay in shape so that I when I went back to work um for the season I was in still in good shape so I really got into an exercise habit and um and if I did slack off I could really feel the difference like in just how I felt my mental health I just if you develop an exercise habit, you feel 
much better than when you're sitting around uh, on the couch. So um, being a slug. So I just really was able to feel the value of exercise. Yeah, that's great. Um, and what a great segue into your podcast. So you decided to start a podcast off of the couch is the name of it. And it's really aimed at helping people create those healthy habits. And you're right. Once you establish the habit, um, it, it's really hard to get rid of. And you start to appreciate all the things that those habits are are bringing to your life. So when did you start thinking that you might want to start a podcast? And how did you decide that that was going to be your target audience? And those were the type of people that you wanted to talk to? Well, I got my fitness certification um, about 25 years ago and uh, after divorce and I um, and that's always kind of been my target audience for some reason were um, I mean, it was I guess anybody that was looking for a trainer, but uh, but my um, focus was on helping people that thought maybe they didn't like to exercise um, get started. And I did like a kind of a dance exercise class, but we did do a dumbbell uh, workout. You know, I added strength training into the class, but made it really fun. And I had a bunch of ladies that uh, would come and they really liked the class. I've For some reason, the beginner exercise has always been um, my target. I'm not super fit. I'm not really, I wouldn't consider myself an athlete. I do, you know, some five K's and and fun events, but, um, I always saw that I wanted to, um, reach out to people that didn't know (laughs) how easy and fun it could be to just add that little bit of exercise every week and what a difference it would make to your life. So, uh, so a number of years ago, I wrote a very small Kindle book and Um, and I had a coaching client, a person that had reached out to me for coaching that had happened to have read the book and used it with a few friends. And somewhere I just got the idea that, um, maybe I could reach out by doing a podcast and, um, and here, you know, I just kind of dove in. Wow. Wow, That's great. What were some of the like obstacles you had to face, especially early on when you're thinking about doing a podcast? Well, that's a whole nother story. Um, I, my elderly mother just actually passed away in May. Um, but she had, uh, she was in her nineties and lived a very long, um, good life. The last couple of years were a little bit tough. Um, she had a couple of falls and I would have to drive down like from uh, New Hampshire down to Delaware, help her out. And I spent a lot of time driving back and forth. And um, so I probably got the idea because I listened to so many podcasts on my drive, to be honest. And I also saw, you know, she was one of those older people that um, at the towards the end of her life, if she fell, she couldn't get up. She had lost her muscle tone, sarcopenia, um, type two diabetes. So the kind of the importance of it, you know, weighed on me as well as, um, having that time in the car that I was listening to a lot of podcasts. And, um, I started reaching out to people I wanted to interview and, and then we ended up, um, helping her move to my sisters in Maui for 
you know, her final months when um, she would have had to be in, you know, a facility without family around down in Delaware or come up here, which she didn't really want to come up to New Hampshire, um, didn't really like the weather up here. And so, I mean, where would you go, Maui or... Uh, <laughs> <It's justified. laughs> yeah New Hampshire was nice there warm <clears throat> comfortable and my sister was able to have her at her home which was also flat we could push a wheelchair around so I ended up going out there for a little while and uh, helping her settle in and get comfortable and get things all set up for her and that's about the same time that I had arranged to do some um, interviews. So I had purchased like a microphone and planned to do it on my laptop, but I didn't end up taking it with me and ended up um, doing it over the phone. So that was, there were definitely some obstacles and I didn't, you know, you can see I'm just using this little microphone right now and, and obviously I could do something better, but my first ones were just through my phone and there was some <laughs> background noise and I didn't really know how to edit all of it out. You know, it's definitely been a learning process. Yeah. So how has your equipment evolved over time? Are there things that you have invested in that you initially didn't invest in? Or how did you end up improving your quality over time? I really have just been using this little microphone and, and making sure I had a quieter spot. Um, and sometimes I've used, uh, you know, I've used that conference call line and uh, or I use Zoom. So I really have not done, um, I see you have a really nice boom microphone there. I really have not done a lot of investing. And I think that's what I'll look at for season two, you know, but like I said, I just um, had some people that I wanted to interview and then I ended up being on the road traveling and I just jumped in and started anyway. <laughs> oh, that's great. I think that's really um, empowering for people who are maybe considering starting a podcast is like, yeah, you know, we have this, you know, nice boom. We've got a, a microphone here that's made for podcasting. I did invest in this. I didn't start with this. I started with an Amazon microphone that was like $40. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. this was more expensive and I'm glad I have it now, especially, but I would say there's not a, a, a vast difference between the two as far as quality. We had listened to some of our earlier episodes and there's, they're certainly not great. <laughs> and, you know, we're proud of our progress over time that we're asking better questions and whatever, but you know, the quality was okay. And, and it's a way that you can still get out that information for, for the listener again, who's thinking about maybe starting a podcast. D would you agree that the best thing is just to, just to go, just to start, start with something, whatever you have and just hit record. I absolutely agree because I think you can, uh, try really hard to be perfect. And then you're just going to keep putting it off. And, um, I think I heard you say that for yours as well. You were going to, um, you were going to wait. And then your wife said, no, <laughs> we're going, we're going to record. And I had the same thing. I had kind of arranged. Uh, I had two really good guests, to, uh, for my first couple podcasts. One was, um, Kate Willett Kressinger. I don't know if, um, She's just somebody who lives locally to me that I had met for coffee to talk about health coaching. And it turned out she was going to be riding her bicycle well, she, uh, virtually across America in a big race. And I hadn't really realized that. And then so, of course, she was interested in, you know, telling that story. And um, and I had a. Uh, the opportunity to interview her, I was not going to turn that down. Now, li li looking back, I probably had like roosters crowing in the background and, <laughs> and, uh, 
and I, and I, I have since learned if I really talk over somebody a lot, I can edit it out. You know, I leave, I leave in little stuff, but I, um, if I really screw up, I edit it out now. Gotcha. What are you using for editing? So I'm actually using the Anchor app and I um, edit it myself. I, um, it shows the audio on the phone and uh, you pl- you, I just play it back to myself. And then when I, you know, I just go back and forth a little bit if there's a place where I'm like coughing a lot or, or saying, you know, oh, no, you go, you go. <laughs> You tend to do that a lot at first, especially if you're just doing it by phone because you don't have really the visual cues. And um, so it's pretty simple to edit it out. It's not too bad. And you're actually doing the editing on your phone. I'm doing the editing on my phone. Wow, cool. With the Anchor app. That's great. I didn't (laughs) think you would be able to do that. That's great. Does Anchor charge you at all? They do not. It's free. They do not. It's a free app. They um, they actually like are doing a thing now where I've put out enough podcasts. Do you want to monetize? And I've been hitting no. So um, I don't think I have enough people that have actually downloaded it and listeners, but I have enough episodes. Now. Wow, that's great. <laughs> that they're offering me that. That's so, great. Well, I'm yeah, glad you yeah. mentioned that. This is something we get asked all the time is monetization. Is monetization something that you think you will do down the road? I don't know. I don't know. I think I really would like to um, get better at it. Like I, like I said, maybe invest in some uh, slightly more professional equipment. And uh, the laptop I have is like kind of a dinosaur and I'm not really happy with it. That's why I just kept doing it on my phone. (laughs) Wow. Oh, that's awesome. I can tell you from, from somebody who runs our entire business off of a laptop, I'm looking at the older laptop that I used for so, so long. It wasn't until Uh recently, I finally, finally, finally just said, this is ridiculous. I need to spend the money and get a new laptop. The new laptop is like three times as fast. I'm so much more productive. So yeah, the the laptop definitely helps. I'm, I'm a, cheapskate for sure. And so I resisted that one for a really long time, but, um, yeah. Okay. So, so with anchor, what other like key features do they offer? I'm not as familiar with their service. I've seen them pop up from time to time, but what other things do they offer you? Well, the music that I do, I, I do it right through them. Um, it's pretty easy to import your files right onto them. I do, if I do a zoom, then I do have to open my laptop to, get the file from zoom and put it on anchor. And I don't know if there's a way to do it on my phone. I know how to do it on my laptop. (laughs) So I do use that because I have, um, I have done probably most of my recordings using that conference call line. And then, um, but if somebody lives in another country and it would be a long distance call or, um, one person was just having phone issues. You know, we did it over Zoom. Yeah, another person, the, the quality wasn't good over the phone. I did have one podcast I actually had to redo and we did that by Zoom. And it came out a little bit better. So I'm um, not sure why. But um, yeah, so with with the laptop, I can import it from Zoom right to anchor, but then still go to my phone to do the editing. Wow. Oh, that's great. It's so cool that that's all in one place. Um, Are they also helping you with hosting? Are they the ones that are helping you get your podcast listed on places like Apple and Spotify and Google podcasts and things like that? 
Yes, there's a little process you have to go. It automatically goes to Spotify and then you have to add it um, to the other ones. And yeah, Apple took a, was a little trickier, but I believe I did successfully get it on there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's a little trickier. I, that's where I listen to your podcast, so that must be working. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah, that's good. I remember the Apple one uh, to to get pushed out. It was, you know, the form was okay, but it seems like they have such a backlog. It just took a long time. I remember it taking like a week or two. Yeah, Apple took longer, definitely. Google and Google was pretty quick, and it automatically. It's actually a Spotify product and the Anchor app, um, so it automatically goes to Spotify. And you know, I like I said, I'm in my sixties. I'm a fan of Neil Young. I'm not such a fan of Joe Rogan. That whole controversy came out right after I started the uh, podcast, but I had put a lot of effort into it, so I wasn't going to switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, well, look, uh, like I said, I, I am not very familiar with Anchor. You're really selling me on this platform. It seems like a really simple way of doing things. And, and in the beginning, at least for me, and it sounds like the same for you, anything that was complicated was going to be the absolute killer of the podcast. If something was too complex, if I wasn't able to mm -hmm. understand something or, you know, handle the editing or whatever, the, the podcast would not have been done. Anything that made things more simple allowed yeah. us to be able to do that. And it sounds like that's absolutely the case with you. Yeah. And the, and the other thing I would like to invest in is something I think you have is, is it, uh, what's it called? The recorder that you can actually do them in person. Mm. What's it called? The road roadcaster. Yeah. Or? So we have the roadcaster here. If you can uh, okay. see, um, so this, uh -huh. again, this was all about simplicity. So this thing was pretty expensive. This was $600. Um, it might be a little bit less now because the second version of this thing has just come out not too long ago. Um, which is kind of cool. I still need to dig into like what the additional features are, but yeah. So, so with the roadcaster, again, the investment was up front. Um, you know, that three, that's $600, but everything is contained all in the one thing. So I don't use a laptop when I'm recording, everything gets saved mm -hmm. to a micro SD card, all the fading and everything. Like if I want to make my levels really low or really high, everything is here. I can mute myself you know, so that I talking over my guests and blah, blah, blah. So all of that is here, which is really nice. It also plays the intro music, the outro music, if you like. There's different sound effects like clapping, which I don't think you can hear on your end anyway. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and so that made it really easy and all self-contained into one thing. But but you're right. Like with the in-person, it does allow up to four different lines that you can connect into uh -huh. to do in-person conversations. And so that works well when, you know, my wife, Bethany wants to co-host an episode. I just have a second microphone that we hook up or if we're doing an in-person right. interview, we do the same thing and we can just hook it up and do it there. So it's, it's nice. It's, I'm glad that I got it again. It does make things very simple, but I also really appreciate the way that you're doing things and keeping things just, just really, really basic and simple. And you're coming out with a really good product. The, the, the show is entertaining and interesting and you do a great job with it. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. I think it'll convince the uh, last five people that don't have podcasts to get started. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's the hardest part. Just pushing record on that first episode. Um, I want to talk about you personally. We've talked a little bit about equipment and editing and things like that. How have you gotten better as a podcaster since starting this journey? Well, I hope I have. And I, I do find if, uh, 
if I put a bunch ahead and then take a few weeks off of recording, I almost feel like I'm starting back over. Um, I think it just takes that practice of um, knowing what question. I usually do jot down questions, um, but sometimes you don't know which direction the conversation is going to go. I think it honestly just takes practice. And then it has also helped that I've learned to edit a little better too. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so the questions thing, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up as well. Before we were doing video, um, which, which you mentioned earlier, it, it is valuable to be able to see somebody and be able to have that kind of conversation. Those visual cues, ha- I have to admit, have gone a long way because we did at least a year and a half where we were just doing audio only. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, we missed a little bit of that component for sure. But what it did was allow me to have, you know, a set of questions that I could, you know, dictate out on my phone and then print out to have with me. And it wasn't very distracting because I'd be listening to somebody and I would look down and I, you know, I could even almost read word for word what the question was. And one of the funny things that's happened is since we do video now, it looks like, like visually, if I'm looking down here, as you're answering a question, it looks like I'm ignoring you. (laughs) It looks like I'm not paying attention to you. And so it's forced me a little bit to either have the questions up somewhere near where I'm recording. Um, One of the Uh other podcasters that we talk to, he does use a laptop and he'll have the, you know, the zoom on the very top and then maybe some questions on the bottom. So it doesn't look like he's, you know, looking away. And I thought both (laughs) of those were a good idea, but frankly, that is one thing I missed that we're doing video Sometimes I've gotten stuck where I had in my head formulated a question, but kind of forgot it in the moment. And, and that, that right. I would say is a little bit of a disadvantage. So I think that's cool that you're, um, you're, you're writing them out at least, or having like a direction to go. Do you feel like your questions have become more interesting over time? Gosh, I, th- I think so. I hope so. Sometimes I do forget. Um, but I do find that when I do it over the phone um with audio only that I I feel like I listen a little better I found when I first did zoom I was very distracted because I was worried about like oh how's my hair (laughs) is my house bleeding behind me or uh you know um but there's a there's definitely advantages to both sometimes you definitely feel more connected with the person when you can see them you know, yeah. there's advantages to both. Yeah. Well said. There's advantages and disadvantages either way you look at it. I really like that. Are there any other ways that you can think of that you become better at podcasting over time? Or is that the main one? Oh, see, now I have like heavy equipment. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> My front yard beeping. Yeah. Well, I, when I, um, when I use the conference call line, like I, I was listening to your, how to make a podcast podcast now. Like I did, I had missed quite a few episodes and I've been listening to it and you talk about using the mute button and that's very easy on zoom because you can just hit it. But on my um, conference call line, the number pad covers the mute button. And um, so I was doing an interview, uh, probably the one before last that, um, I had made myself a, a smoothie <laughs> and, uh, the guy was telling a story and, um, I started choking like on my smoothie oh, no. and I couldn't reach the mute button and I'm kind of panicking. And it was literally, he was talking about 
9-11 and how he from Staten Island was able to see the towers fall down. So obviously I'm not going to edit that out and I'm trying not to like cough and choke really loud. So that's one thing I will look more into, you know, making sure I can mute myself. That's hilarious. Um, and you know what's so funny? I was just listening to that episode as I was walking okay. back to the house to record this. So I heard his story and what an amazing story that he actually saw the towers yeah. fall that day. So crazy. But I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you choking on your smoothie. Oh, good. So that didn't come across. Because <laughs> I wasn't going to edit out that story. Definitely. That was, you know, that was very emotional. And yeah, that's good. I was kind of panicking, like trying not to to cough into the microphone. Yeah. So well, that, time, so. that definitely didn't come through and I'm glad you didn't edit that part out. I was, I was thinking it's so amazing. The people that were around that area, especially around nine 11, how yeah. much that shifted pr- so many people's lives witnessing it or being close to it. Like so many people tell a story where that was the transformational thing that moved their life in a completely yeah. different direction. Pretty crazy. Yeah, I think that and I think the pandemic in a different way will is going to be well obviously it is you know the mass resignation and yeah. and people uh learning they can work remotely and and uh, that it's a lot more efficient. You know, I think those two things have shaped yeah. you know a lot of our lives and yeah. Agreed. Agreed. If it wasn't for the pandemic, we would not be talking right now. We would not own our own business that completely shifted, you know, what we were doing. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. You mentioned, um, you mentioned taking a break. You also mentioned earlier on maybe doing different episodes. So this is another question I get quite a bit. Like I've been podcasting for six months, a year, I may be wanting to take a break. What's the best way to kind of take a break and, you know, do I do different seasons? Do I bank up a bunch of episodes? So they're all going to release on automatically how are you thinking about the ways that you might take a break or you might start a different season yeah i while well, i've been trying to figure that out myself um uh i might just take a short summer vacation the other thing i'm thinking of doing is recording my little book as an audio book can you hear them back there <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't hear that one that's funny <laughs> some kind of a sawing out there i think they're cut, probably gonna cut down the other trees that uh hopefully won't fall in the power line yeah funny so, so then, on so on this podcast this is a good example and good place to talk about the two edits i would have made would be when we heard the beeping and then and then what you just said with this podcast we don't edit anything out but for the listener like those are the kinds of things you want to be thinking about as far as where are you going to make your edits so yeah I, I just wanted to make that point anyway we'll go back to you and starting another season <laughs> Yeah, I just um, I just think I need a little time to regroup and um, maybe get some fancier equipment. Um, not that I would necessarily use it all the time if I had an opportunity to interview someone. I think it's better to just do it than to um, have the perfect setup, you know. But um, yeah, I'm thinking of just taking you know a, a short break. Um, it has been an emotional year for me with the passing of my, my mom, and um, so a lot of the recording was done kind of like in between um, helping out with that. And, and uh, um, but it also really made me um, realize, you know, how important it is, like how, how um, much better the, you know, the, the ends of our life can be hopefully if we maintain our health and fitness and, um, I don't think it's necessary for people to not be able to get up off the floor. 
you know, and out of a chair. And um, I think it's just a pretty simple uh, routine of even a little bit of exercise regularly that will really increase the quality of people's lives. And and that's really um, the message that I'm hoping to get across. And I think it's tricky with a podcast because, you know, when you're doing a fitness podcast, all the fitness people are going to listen to that. How can they get a little faster? How can they get a little better? But when you're aiming for people that don't exercise, how do you get them to tune in, you know? Yeah. So it's a tricky subject. It is. It is tough and tough to find that exact audience, but you're, you're so right. I love that message and it absolutely needs to get out there that like when, when the average person looks around and they see what's happening to all the other average human beings, we just start to assume that this is the normal thing. I'm going to age. I'm going to get dementia. I'm going to, you know, become obese. I'm going to have type two diabetes. Those are just like the average things that happen. And I I agree with you a hundred percent. I think that is absolutely average and not normal. Normal is you are able to get up and out of your chair. You're able to care for your family. You're able to prepare meals and share all the way up until the end of your life without being on medications or, or needing help and support. I think that's such a wonderful message. And you do such a great job in your podcast of sharing that message. So I do really appreciate that. This has been such a wonderful conversation. I definitely learned a lot and, and I know the listener will as well. And if nothing else, I think that advice that you share about just starting get it going. Don't let good be the enemy of perfect, you know, refine along the way, learn how to do this a little bit better, craft better questions, improve as you go. But if you are looking to do the perfect thing right from the beginning, it's, you're not going to get started and you're going to miss time. And again, with something like, like your message, what you're trying to share, that's, that's life changing. That can, that can save somebody's life. That can change somebody's life for the better. So I'm really um, glad that you're doing what you're doing. I'm really glad that you shared that message with us today. Tell people where they can go to they, they can find you and they can find your show and connect with you. Well, um, my show is called off of the couch and you can find it on, uh, Spotify, Google, and Apple. And, uh, I am on Instagram at off of the couch and also Twitter. I do have a website. My website is a little generic. That's another thing I want to work on on my break to, uh, personalize it. I, um, was happy to just get it to work and then I kind of let it be and and I uh, haven't done a lot with it so but you can find me at off of the couch awesome we will link to that in the notes Maggie Stewart this has been such a fun conversation thank you so much for spending some time with us today thank you for your example and your message and it's just really empowering and awesome and we're just so grateful for you and and thank you so much for spending some time with us today thank you so much Casey Thank you for listening to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple. Also, be sure to check out the show that made all of this possible, Boundless Body Radio, where we provide tons of helpful and informative content, feature incredible guests, and talk all about health and wellness. Cheers, and thank you for joining us on the How to Make a Podcast podcast.